0: friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to chings I am your host, Lauren, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in today. I hope that you are enjoying these episodes so far, and if you are and you're finding them to be helpful, I would love it so much if you would share them with your friends or your family who are in the process of setting up an Etsy shop or who have an Etsy shop already, but they want to scale it a little bit more, have some more sales and more consistent sales. Sharing it with other people helps this podcast to grow, and it helps me to be able to provide more information and more engagement with you guys so that we can link arms together and have this community of Etsy sellers who are working together to have feedback and give each other support. In today's episode, episode number five, we are going to talk all about bad feedback. Have you been selling on Etsy for a while, and if you have a decent number of sales, you have probably either received bad feedback or less than totally positive feedback. I wouldn't really say that in my life in general, I am a people pleaser. I don't mind people disagreeing with me and generally I don't strive to make everyone happy all the time. I don't know if that's a good thing to admit or not, but here we are. But bad feedback gets to me in a way that I wouldn't really expect. And I think it's because I feel like I have poured my heart and soul into this business. I have worked so, so very hard to build something that I'm incredibly proud of. And when you have someone who so blatantly dislikes what you've created, it really does sting. Also, because we're selling online and they're allowed to leave feedback on your Etsy shop, they basically get to hang a sign on the front window of your store telling everyone how much they hate it. So that is not super exciting and it's kind of hard to deal with. But the fact of the matter is, if you've been in customer service for more than like five seconds, you have to learn that you're not going to be able to make everyone happy all the time. The more people that you serve, the more people that buy your products, the more people that are going to be unhappy. It's just basic numbers, and there's almost no way of avoiding some level of people being dissatisfied, no matter how hard you try. So there are a few things that I want you to keep in mind when you inevitably receive bad feedback on your shop. I want to caveat all of this by saying that bad feedback is a very small portion of the feedback that you normally receive in an Etsy shop. So even though we're going to highlight the bad feedback today and talk all about it, it's not usually something that you have to deal with all the time on an ongoing basis. If that is the case, then obviously there's a much bigger problem there. So I don't want you to feel like this is just going to be something that's totally overwhelming for you As an Etsy shop owner that you're going to be getting bad feedback or having to respond to bad feedback all the time. But it is something that as new sellers and new shop owners, or if you're new to customer service, that can really hit you hard and feel like sort of a gut punch. So I just wanted to talk about it so that you're prepared when it does happen, because if you continue to sell on Etsy and you really dive into selling and try to up your sales, It is going to happen at some point as a shop owner. So the first thing that I want to talk about is that some bad feedback can be constructive criticism, and it can be helpful in moving your shop towards higher quality products or a better overall shopping experience for your customer. Early on in my shop, I received some feedback from someone that left a review that was actually mostly positive in what they said, but it was a three-star review. I reached out to them and asked them how I could have made the experience better or how I could have made them happier in their buying process because I wanted to hear why they were leaving me three stars, even though they had left a written part of the review that was pretty positive. They wrote me back and they said that they felt like the fabric that I used in the item that I had made them was kind of cheap and thin and that they had purchased some other items from other Etsy stores that were similar. That they felt like had used higher quality fabrics in the product that they were purchasing. My initial reaction was, of course, to be offended that she was basically saying that my products looked cheap or felt cheap. However, when I reflected a little bit on what she was saying and what kind of experience I had with the product and the fabrics that I was using, I saw that there was really a lot of room for me to improve in this area. At the time, I was buying fabric mostly from big box stores at the mall or wherever, but I had dabbled a little bit in online wholesale fabric and more designer fabrics, which I previously didn't even know was a thing. If you remember my backstory, you'll remember that I started this Etsy shop to try to create an income for myself. So I didn't have a long history with making these items as a hobby or making them for myself or anything like that or experience in the market that I was in because I hadn't really been doing this for very long. I had not even been creating these products for very long. So I reflected a little bit on her comment and whether or not I thought there was some truth to it. Thankfully for me, in this instance, this customer was very kind about it and she really was offering it as constructive criticism, which I appreciated. Ultimately, I decided to really upgrade my fabrics because I began to notice a serious quality difference between those more designer fabrics or designer brands of fabrics and the big box store fabrics that I was buying. So even though it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because I didn't realize that what I was putting out there was not as good of quality as I was wanting or as I was thinking that it was, ultimately, this really did help me to move in the direction of providing higher quality and better quality, more boutique style items, which was a total win for me. That's how I wanted to brand myself. And ultimately, that is how I have been branding my shop. As These high quality boutique style items that you're going to keep as a keepsake for your baby or when you pack all of their baby stuff away, this is going to be one of those things that you hold on to. But I wasn't providing that high quality item. It was cheaper than it should have been. So that was really great feedback for me to get from this customer who had more experience, honestly, in this field than I did. On the flip side of that, sometimes there is not constructive criticism embedded in the criticism and the buyer is just flat out wrong. These are really frustrating bad reviews to receive because you don't necessarily feel like there's anything that you could have done differently to make the buyer happy. Many years ago, I had a buyer that ordered a three-month bodysuit for her baby for Christmas. It had an applique reindeer on it and it was monogrammed with her baby's name. I made the shirt as ordered and shipped it off to her. Nothing special about the order, wasn't anticipating anything from her. She sent me a message once the shirt arrived at her house and was absolutely livid that I had sent a three-month shirt. Her son was three years old and she wanted a 3T, not a three-month I looked back at my records and I confirmed on the order that she had, in fact, selected a three-month size from the drop-down menu, which did also list 3T as an available option, by the way, but she had just missed it. I messaged her back and I included a screenshot that she had ordered this three-month size, She continued to argue with me about the fact that she had no use for a three-month size and how was she going to even use that. This was such a waste of money because her child was obviously significantly bigger than that. But in the end, I stuck to my policies and did not refund because she had ordered the three-month size. Of course, there was no way for me to telepathically know that she actually wanted a 3T, not a three-month. While I can sympathize with the customer that it would be very frustrating to spend that money on a personalized item and then have it be the completely wrong size and not able to use it, she had gotten exactly what she ordered and there was no reason for me to take the financial hit of offering a return or a refund on it because she'd made a mistake. Now, if you wanted to be really nice and go above and beyond on your customer service, you could always offer a coupon for another purchase to correct the issue if they wanted to rebuy the item with the correct information. So if she had wanted to repurchase a 3T to replace this three month, I could have offered her a 50% off coupon or something that would be a significant discount, but still cover the costs that I had in the item. But you don't necessarily have to do that, and it's also not necessarily going to make the customer happy because they are going to have to spend more money to get what they wanted in the first place. I've actually offered this in the past, and it kind of backfired on me, where I Offered the customer a discount to purchase the item again because she had messed up on the name that she wanted monogrammed. And it actually ended up making her more angry because she was already upset that she'd spent this money and gotten the wrong name, which was the name that she had left me, but it was not the name that she wanted. And then, you know, she writes me an email back. I'm never going to spend any more money in your shop. This was such a waste of money. I don't even have anything to give as a gift now or whatever. So it made her even matter that I had even offered that coupon. So you kind of have to <laughs> figure out your customer and where they are in the how upset they are and how angry they are directly at you when you're debating whether or not that's going to be worth it or if it's going to just escalate their anger even more. There are also times when you receive what the buyer is hoping will be constructive criticism, but it's actually just something that is not really reasonable for your shop or isn't feasible for you from a business standpoint. This has happened to me with my packaging materials. And what I have found is, again, that you cannot make everybody happy. I have received negative feedback saying that my packaging materials are not very nice and they don't present the gift in a nice way and they cheapen the gift. The person that left me that review and sent me that feedback was trying to do it in a way that was constructive criticism, and she was very kind about it, just offering it as a solution. But the flip side of that is that I've also received positive feedback on that very same packaging, saying that they loved the packaging and it was ready to be given as a gift. It was beautifully gift wrapped. Everything was great. So I have to take that feedback from both sides and make a decision for my business based on what I know my costs to be and what makes sense for the time it takes and the price that I'm receiving for the item. I received feedback fairly recently, probably within the last six months or so, that someone suggested that I package the items in a gift box to make it more nicely presented to give as a gift. This is actually feedback that I have received before, and I've looked into packaging them in a nicer gift box as a gift. But the thing about my items is that they're already over the one pound limit for the post office. So I have to send them as priority mail, which is significantly more expensive than first class mail. I have gotten boxes in the past and tried to make the presentation nicer and a little bit prettier for the people that value that, but the boxes that I was able to find added so much weight to the package that it put it over the two pound limit, which then made my shipping costs really expensive. I try really hard to keep my shipping costs reasonable and low and and or offer free shipping. So to take that hit and offer this in a box packaged up really nice, and then cost so much more in shipping, in addition to the packaging materials and the boxes and the tissue paper and all of that, it just doesn't make sense for my business. It does not work for the price point that these items are selling at. In the end, I haven't received the feedback negative feedback on my packaging a whole lot. So what I take from that is that while it's important for a few people, and maybe those few people are not going to come back and buy my products again, overall, it's not something that's really important to my customer base. And so because of that, they would not be willing to pay extra or pay more for the item for that packaging or they would not be able to or willing to pay extra for the shipping. They're not going to be willing to pay $10 or $12 for it to be shipped so that they get this nice heavy box. In the future, I might look for lighter boxes or a different kind of solution that might be the best of both worlds for people because I do think that that's something that my products are lacking at this point. Packaging is something that I have struggled with and I have struggled to figure out what kind or how much of a priority it is for my customer base. But I have to take that feedback with a grain of salt because I can't just jump on every single suggestion that somebody offers me that ends up costing my business a significant amount of money. So you have to know your costs and know your customer base well enough to know if that's something that just that one customer is valuing or if it's something that would be valuable to a wide group of people and a wide amount of customers that you're trying to appeal to. Another time that you might receive bad feedback is when the buyer has been really confused in the purchase process and so the feedback that they leave you is incorrect in the actual information that it contains. This has happened to me before when people have changed up details of an order or changed the font of an order and it ends up looking different than what they've expected. I had a customer who selected a font from a list of font options that I offer for a baby quilt. And I didn't really think that the font was going to look that great on the quilt because of the style and the weight of the font. So I emailed her back and I confirmed that this was not the one that was shown in the picture and confirmed that she really did want that font that she had selected. She emailed me back and said that she for sure wanted that font and she confirmed it. When it arrived, she was very upset that it was not the font that was shown in the original listing picture. Again, I had screenshotted the font and the pictures and told her, this is the picture that is shown, this is the font that is shown, and this is the one that you're selecting. So when she came back to me and said that I had gotten this order wrong, I screenshotted the messages of us going back and forth saying, hey, you requested this other font, and I verified with you, and I confirmed it several times actually that you wanted it and you confirmed that this was the font that you wanted, but it didn't matter ultimately if she saw that in the message or it didn't matter that I was right um, in the fact that she had selected that font and chosen it. What mattered was that that was not what she had been envisioning in her head because that was not the end result that she actually wanted. I want to reiterate here again that you have to make the decision that's best for your shop in your business when you are in any of these situations. In any and all of these situations, I could have replaced the item for the buyer for free or refunded it for them and they would have been probably happy with that solution. But I would have been out the money and my items are personalized. So there's no reason that they would need to return them It doesn't do anything for me if they return them. I'm not able to resell them. But if you are building your business on the idea that you are going above and beyond with amazing customer service, you could always take that return or offer a refund for it. I'm not telling you that I'm the one that's doing this correctly or that you have to do this the same way that I do. There are a lot of ways that you can run your customer service and there's a lot of refund or return policies that you can implement for your shop depending on what you sell and what you're willing to do, what what kind of financial hit you're willing to take On refunds or returns. This is how I run my business and this is how I have my refund policy so that I don't feel like I'm being ripped off when there's mistakes being made that are not my mistakes. I did not refund that quilt even though she was not happy with the end result and she told me that she was going to throw them in the garbage. I took the bad review even though I could have avoided it with a refund because it's not worth it to me to refund to avoid the bad review. Which brings me to my next point. I don't want you to be intimidated into refunding or allowing a return from your buyer just because you're afraid of a bad review. If that's the policy that you have that you will refund or you'll fix any any issue that they have, you want to have the most amazing customer service, then that's fine. That's your policy and that's how you're running your business. But I don't want you to do it because you're intimidated or... Um, blackmailed, I guess, sort of by the customer into refunding or allowing the refund just because they tell you they're going to leave you a bad review if you don't. I see this all the time in Etsy Facebook groups or in the Etsy forums and stuff where a seller says that the buyer is unhappy with the purchase and they're mad about the transaction and they want a return or a refund. And if the seller is not going to give them one of those, then they're going to leave them a horrible review. Oftentimes sellers, especially new sellers, jump to refund the purchase before even really thinking through the whole process just to avoid the bad review. And I get that because especially as a new business, it's very hard to get bad feedback and you don't want it to sit on your shop homepage for a long time if you don't get really frequent feedback or sales. So if you're brand new to Etsy or you're just starting off and you have a situation like this, it might be something that you think about a little bit differently than I do at this point in my business, because if you only have a few feedbacks being left at in a period of time, it is going to affect your shop more. But make sure that you are sticking to your policies and what you will accept as a return or a refund. Don't ever give somebody a refund and allow them to keep the product. Nobody does that. No stores do that. There are hardly any stores out there that will both refund your money and allow you to keep the product. Even my store, which has monogrammed stuff, so I can't resell it, and it honestly doesn't really help me to get the return... I require them to return the item if there's been a mistake made because I don't think that customers should be able to get the item for free and also get their money back. If they're unhappy enough with the item that they want their money back, then there should be no problem to return it. Requiring a return of the item also dramatically cuts back on the number of scammers that you'll have. Scammers are looking for new shops with sellers who are not confident in their policies and jump to give those refunds but allow the person to keep the item, usually to avoid a bad review. I actually had someone tell me that there was a hole in the item that they received and they wanted their money back. This was a customer that had sent me a combo. I said, okay, sure. Can you send me a picture of the item so I can see what happened? Why would there be a hole in it? Because I'm sure that there was not a hole in it when it left my shop. They told me that they'd thrown it in the garbage. They took the garbage out and they didn't have any pictures of the item. Is there a possibility that this was a true story? I mean, maybe. But I think it's very doubtful because they had just received the item the day before per the tracking on the package. And it seems pretty suspect to me that somebody would open a package Realize the item has a hole in it, not take any pictures, dump it in the trash, and then take the trash out to a dumpster before they had even emailed the seller to tell them that there was a problem. It seems to be moving pretty quickly for me. When I responded to the person that I wouldn't be able to provide any sort of refund or return without pictures, they never responded back again. As you're writing out your policies and thinking about returns and refunds, just make sure that you're protecting yourself as a seller. You do have expenses in all of this, not to mention the time that's going into creating the products that you've made. So don't jump to trust every single person that has the slightest little complaint and refund them immediately. A lot of times there's other solutions that you can work out with them, or there's a different solution that they're looking for in emailing you. And it will allow you to make them happy in the situation without taking a loss on your item. The last thing I want to say about bad feedback is that when you go to respond to bad feedback on your page, which you can only do if the reviews are three stars or less, you want to respond to your future customers, not necessarily the customer who's leaving the review. So while you may want to go in this back and forth with the customer and prove why they're wrong and what they're saying is wrong, and I get the temptation to do that because you want to defend yourself and defend your rightness in this situation, you're responding to those future customers who would look at that review and decide whether or not they want to buy from you based on how you reply and how you handle those customer service issues. You don't want to be replying to the review, accusing the person that's leaving the review or showing them how wrong they are. You want to show your future buyers that you provided a solution in the best way that you could for the order and you provided the item that the person had actually ordered, even if they made a mistake with the order. You want your future customers to be confident that your customer service and their shopping experience will be a good experience and that you'll take care of an issue if an issue does arise. I hope that this episode has been helpful to you as you navigate customer service and dealing with the inevitably unhappy customer that comes along your way as you have more sales on Etsy and get further into the sales process of having an e-commerce store. I don't want to give you the impression that the buyers are bad or that Etsy buyers are bad or that I don't like dealing with customers, because that's definitely not true. I have pulled out a handful of stories of bad situations or bad customer interactions for this episode, but those are just a few customer stories in over 12,000 Etsy sales. And I actually had to go back to my reviews and scroll through to even remember the bad experiences. The vast majority of my customers are so nice and so sweet and they love the things that I put out and they write me glowing reviews that I love and that warm my heart and make it fun for me to have this business. But you have to know in working in customer service that you're going to come upon people who are not happy and that it's going to be a situation that you have to deal with at some point in the process of having a shop. So I want you to be prepared and to have an idea in mind of how you'll deal with it when it comes. If you've enjoyed this episode and you're enjoying Crickets to Cha-Chings and the Creative Mombas community in general, I would love to have you join us in the Facebook group Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. It gives us the chance to get to know each other better and to have an actual dialogue instead of me just talking at you. And you can ask questions and link arms with other Etsy entrepreneurs to have this sense of community in an oftentimes kind of isolating online space. So I hope I will see you there. Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. It's on Facebook. You have to request access, but I approve it pretty quickly. And in the meantime, I will see you next week for another episode. Same time, same place. Bye for now.